Welcome to Soul Coffee, the podcast tailored to cultivate the mental health of black and Hispanic healthcare professionals alike. I'm your host, Dr. Jamal. I'm a functional movement-based chiropractor out in Tucson, Arizona, focusing my work on providing for the provider. And as a part of my work, I've worked with uh, chief medical officers, functional medicine doctors, nurses, and chiropractors alike as a mentor and a life coach, helping them go from exhausted to a powerful and present provider. And today's guest, I'm super excited to bring on as he's the co-owner and CEO of the Barber Lounge Tucson. And I've had great work with him. We featured him on Tucson Tuesday, brought him on as a part of the Source Chiropractic Tucson. He's been a homie since we've been here. He sent people our way. But what I really want y'all to, to tap into is the power of the underdog and how you can, too, go from whatever life circumstances have thrown you and allow yourself to work through, as Phil has, to be able to step into a new realm and layer of expression in power and really helping empower others as he's been a great mirror as we are chiropractors who go all across the world teaching chiropractors how to be a better human physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And Phil, when I discovered that's what he does too, he teaches barbers and really helps cultivate an experience for barbers alike. And you're not just going to the, the Barber Lounge Tucson to just go get a haircut. No, you're going to go have an experience. And Phil has been a part of cultivating and tailoring that experience time and time again, y'all. And I really just want y'all to be able to tap into the power of the underdog. So please put your snaps together <laughs> for the co-owner and CEO of the Barber Lounge Tucson, Phil <clears throat> Barreras. <laughs> Make sure I drank some water today. Yeah, you, had to, you had to roll that one a Got little bit. Got to, right? dog. Got <laughs> to, man. So I love to dive right in, bro. When we were shooting, you know, Tucson Tuesday, you shared some really potent things that I think our, our audience can resonate with or find power in. And love to hear a little bit more of your story of you're kicked out when you're 15 years old yeah. and you had no other option but to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Tell me, like, yo, how was that? It was tough, man. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it was. There was times where I would, did want to give up, or if anything, it was more the determination of saying I could do it, because I had all you know all odds against me. I was a kid. I was working. Uh, I was working at Discount Tire, and I was going to school at the same time as when I started learning how to cut hair. And so when I was 18 years old, I went and got my my barber's license, and I've been working in in a barber shop ever since. But I think the one thing that really helped me was just. I knew that there was no option. I didn't have a bailout. And there wasn't something that was going to help me out, you know. And it just really, it really changed my focus on this, like, it's kill or be killed. And that's kind of the way I feel, like, life is, you know. It's, it's kill or be killed. You can't really rely on other people to help you get there. You got you to gotta do it yourself. And there is going to be people that, that can help you. But if you have that mindset of, I need to get it done, I'm, I'm sure that it definitely can get anybody wherever they want to be. Um, I started, I've been working in a shop now for about 14 years and every shop that I've worked at, I probably worked about six different barbershops and every shop that I worked at, I could always learn something and I was always trying to apply it to better myself. I was always trying to be better, not just on the aspect of like cutting hair. Like I was always wanting to be the best barber at cutting hair, but then it was more on the aspect of just being better within the industry. And during that time, I'd probably say about 10 years ago, when I you about 10 years is when like the whole social media thing came about. And so back then, it was just about being the best barber and providing the best haircut, like we said. But then once I really started to learn how social media worked and how it's a whole other platform for you to 
to grow who you are, you know, aside from just being known in your city, being known across the country and things like that. It really helped me because I was like, 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 I like that. Like, that's cool. Like, I could do something like that. Like, I want to be able to, you know, inspire people around the world. Like, that was always just like a, a dream of mine. So as I went through that process, I started, I started to do that where I started to do classes. So I started teaching people how I learned how to cut hair or what the, st- the way that I know how to cut hair. Until I met somebody, uh, one of my mentors, I met him in a, at a show in Connecticut, and he really taught me how to, how to be an educator, how to teach people, how to inspire people. And ever since then, my, my career really skyrocketed as far as my education goes. And so once I learned that, I kind of rebranded my whole company. Because when I, when I started my, my open up my first shop, it kind of had a mentality of like, we wanted to be the best in town. And we wanted, you know, we wanted everybody to know that we were the best barbers. And I, and I went through that. And to me, like, it really wasn't for me. Like it really dealing with that wasn't what I was really looking for until I realized that like, not only can I just be the best, but I can also teach people how to be the best or impact people's lives forever. That's when it really like, it changed who I was and it changed who I was because not only was it on me, like of me trying to better myself, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to better other people's, like the whole, the whole business, not even just as far as the client. You know, like the client is very, like obviously is most important in any business, right? Taking care of the consumer. And so we did that. And it's like, okay, well, how do I teach people how to do that? And that's where I tell you when we, when we sat down the first time and how the barber lounge, we don't, we don't sell haircuts. We sell an experience. And so once, once I started doing that is when everything really took off for me where a lot of people were attracted to me based off of, you know, what, what I was, the energy that I was putting out. And that was more of that experience, the mindset, you know, the way, the way that I, the way that I think, I think, cause I've, I've done a lot of classes now. And when I sit down with people, a lot of them end up telling me like, yeah, man, like this was a good class. Like, it was really good. But honestly, they're like, I just wanted to get to know you. And I was just like, what? Like, I didn't know how to, like, I didn't know how to take that, you know? And I'm like, all right, so you didn't want to learn how to do shit work, or <laughs> you didn't learn want to learn how to do a fade? They're like, no, bro, like just, just like what you're doing. Like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to pick your brain. I wanted to get to know you. And once I really like understood that is when I think the barber lounge really like took off. It was because a lot, all the people that are there, you know, we're we're impacting their lives forever. And for me, like that was definitely my why. Because I think probably about five years ago, I would say it was more of a like generational wealth. You know, obviously, like you want to be wealthy and you want to be able to provide for your family, which is good. Like, obviously, that that's I'm able to do that now. But for me, it's more of like, what am I going to leave behind as far as not financially, but like how I can impact people and how I can teach people how to impact other people's lives rather than it just be me. Because I'm one day I'm going to die. and I'm not going to be here anymore. Right. So how can I teach other people how to do that? Or how can I leave such an impact on their lives that they're going to want to do that? And so that's what really, I think you had asked me, like, what is my why? It would be more of how many lives can I impact before I, do, I die and before I'm gone? And not just to teach them, but also, also my, my kids, my family, and to, show, to show them, because they see it now, like I have a 14-year-old son, and he sees it now that, yeah, like, okay, he could, my dad makes some money, you know? It's not, it's not about that. It's he sees the guys that I'm training and he sees how I've mentored them and so that he gets to see that so that Monday he can possibly do that. 
and and so I really I really thought about that because I knew that I knew that was coming, and I knew you know once I processed it a little bit, I knew that that was definitely my why. Mm. As potent as I love what you're hitting on is being able to leave an image for your sons, and I love that you're they're able to appreciate as as you're speaking. I'm I'm like writing down notes yeah, and shit yeah, yeah. and. And right now, it's like you're able to give a fade to someone's soul. Yeah, like their soul is looking fresh. Like their soul yeah. is clean, and it's a it's a opportunity to leave a, a legacy and an impact. And man, if you're someone who's just here about, it, I mean, I've, a chiropractor be like, oh yeah, can you pop me or can you crack me or oh like oh yeah, just gonna get it cut. Like, yeah. but no, it's different. It's an experience, and I love that you help teach people. They're attracted to your energy, and I've always thought that that's interesting. So, because people tell me, "Oh, you got good energy, you got good yeah. energy," and Brett's asking, "You know, well, what does that mean?" I don't even know. What that, I didn't even know what that means, bro. Like, that's what I'm saying. When somebody told me that, I was just like, "Like, all right, like, thanks." Yeah. Oh man, what's that? And really, just exploring that as me and Lou have had conversations. Like, you have a magnetic energy, or people see themselves in you, or you know, it draws them in, and it's always just interesting to me. Like, what is that that draw? Like, two magnets that kind of like, click, like they kind of attach, you know. It's interesting because they, two magnets can also repel. Mm -hmm. So in the power of the attraction and the magnetism, I think it's a testament to the work that you've been able to do and the, the, thought, the things or the obstacles that you were able to come. So one question and things, mm -hmm. I love the concept of burning the boats, which you said kill or be killed, but it's like, um, I think it was the Spanish conquistadors, mm -hmm. not the most resonant, like, or ideal yeah. analogy, but the leader essentially, like, he burned the boats, so there was no retreat, so that way they had no choice but to take the island, mm -hmm. and I love the concept of that, and I think that more people can appreciate that, and the question that I have for the listeners is, you know, what is your island? What is the real estate you want to conquer? What's the space that you want to move into? And it doesn't need to be even a competition sense. It's just what or how you are you going to take your stake in this space, in this profession, in this life that you're in? Because if you don't plant your standard, if you don't take your stake, if you don't claim the real estate that internally is, is beckoning to you, is calling for you to take on, well, then you're just going to be overcome by life's obstacles, challenges, hardships. And I think there's so many people that, you know, can resonate with working a job while going to school. And man, I just love to hear a little bit more of like what, what else came into that part of like being able to just take on, just do whatever needs to be done. Like how, how did that like take you through things or what pulled you through? Pulled me through the hard times. Mm -hmm. I just knew that there's too many people that not only like looked up to me, but that relied on me. And you know that, like I said, if they were attracted to my energy or they were attracted to me, to me, it was like failure. You know, like I just couldn't, I couldn't let them down. And if that came from my family, that came from my barbers, that came from, from anybody, you know, that, that sees that I just knew that, that I just couldn't fail. And like, I think probably COVID was probably one during the whole COVID thing and we shut down business and everything like that. That was probably one of the hardest things I had to go through. I had just just opened up my business. Like I was, mm. I managed it first, and then I owned it. Mm. So my first year of ownership, you have to shut down your business. You have to close down for three months or whatever time mm. that we were closed. And there was times where I did think about like, man, this isn't like this isn't for me. Like maybe I should quit. You know, I, I think I was cutting hair at my house on the side. You know, because we ha we had bills, we had we had things to pay, and. I told myself, like, well, I could just do this here. Like, I'm making good money here, you know. 
And I thought about it, like, maybe I should just sell the barbershop and just, you know, do me. And I really had to think about it. I'm just like, nah, like, there's too many people that that look up to me or too many people that that rely on me to, to lead them that I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And so what puts me through, like, that when things get tough is just I know that I know that people are watching and they're always watching me. And so I know that I can't, like, to me, like I said earlier, like, failure is not an option because I know that, I guess there's too many people that I'm that I'm inspiring and too many people that rely on me that I can't. And like I said, it gets tough or it gets real hard, mm-hmm. especially in business. You know, as, as a business owner, like it's not it's not crimsons and clovers, man. It's not what people think that it's everything's successful and everything just works out, man. It's it's a roller coaster. There's ups and then there's downs, and it's it's just how you get through it is what matters most. Mm-hmm. Share a little bit more about that as well, and I, I think. In Tucson, I mean, I'm yeah. from East Hartford, but yeah, so there's not as many businesses as I feel like there is yeah. out here, and especially with the compression that was yeah. COVID. You know, what are some of the ups and downs in business that people need to experience or think about? Downs is that as far as employees go, like people are gonna come and go. They're always gonna they're always gonna leave. They're never gonna stay. You know, there's a time where certain people will stay for a certain period, but I had to accept that you know people are here for a certain period of time, and it's just always gonna be. I'm always going to be teaching. I'm always going to be rebuilding. Because I think that people, like once you get to a certain point, like I say, it's at, my business is at its peak and it's doing very well. That's actually when I get nervous because I feel like something bad's going to happen. Like I feel like something's going to change and it's constantly changing. Like there's always something changing. And so being able to adapt to the change all the time is what really, what's really like made a difference because I've never gotten comfortable enough to where I'm not, you know, I'm not ready for anything. I love that. I think of uh, your your business or as an organism or as like yeah. a, you could say a human or whatever. And I just think about adaptation. Mm-hmm. It's like you're either going to adapt, overcome, evolve and grow and mm-hmm. be better or you're going to fucking close your doors straight up. And that that's what's really helped my business as far as on the upside is like I'm always I'm always changing things. And I've, I've pissed some people off. I've, you know, like people didn't, people don't, naturally, I feel like people don't like change. They don't. They get comfortable and they, you know, they get, they get complacent and they don't like to change. So when, when I tend to change things, it sometimes doesn't rub people the wrong, it rubs people the wrong way, you know. Mm. But I just know that if I'm not always changing, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to keep growing. Because mm. you said like the environment's always changing. So I have to be moving with the environment, moving with whatever's going on. Especially with the, like with life, like with the economy, with you know, with everything that's always coming out. That's why I feel like a lot of businesses that are successful, like very you know successful businesses, they're always changing the game. And I always compare it to like like Jeff Bezos, like with Amazon, like he's reinvented the whole wheel on every like he does everything. Right. Like everything is always always changing. He's always adding something new, and so I kind of try to apply that same mindset to my business. Mm-hmm. I love that as. People are resistant to change, and I think that's because they fear the unknown, mm-hmm. and they don't, Brett said this, they don't trust themselves enough yet or love themselves enough yet to know that they can make it through, and I love that you tapped into, you know, the reliance, or there's other people watching you, mm-hmm. there's eyes watching you, like, young, like, yes, mm-hmm. your kids, but, like, other people, because like, you're, you're a community leader, and, like, a lot of people know what y'all do, so I love being able to tap into a why that plugs you into other people, that's one of I mean, people like people heard to start with why with Simon Sinek, but mm-hmm. I think being actually being able to grab that. So once more for the listeners, think yeah. about what's the island or what's the real estate you're aiming to take. 
And then who are the people alongside you? But then who are the people that are also, you know, relying upon you or looking at you or watching you as you're, you get this wonderful opportunity to plant your standard into life and really take hold of it. So allow yourself to think bigger beyond yourself and continue to think bigger beyond yourself so that way you can begin to harness more of that power, more of that energy, more of that can-do-itness so that way you can once more craft and just, just burn a new space in life for you. That's so freaking important. I, I like that you said that in the beginning because I, I actually I actually use that now. I, uh, I taught a class on this this past weekend. And I always ask them in my class, like, especially when it comes to business. Like any business isn't barbering. This is like everything. Right. Is you got to know your why. Like why, why are you opening up this business? Do you trying to, are you trying to make money? Are you trying to impact people's lives? And you're like, what is, what is it? So if I broke it down into like a barbershop setting, it's where sometimes people will open it up because they want to make money, which is fine. Like you got to, you got to live. Right. And sometimes they want to open up to, to impact other people, you know, to help other people, which is good. And then sometimes they open up because they just want somewhere to work. So I, f I try to figure out which owner mm -hmm. they want to be because it's also the three owners that I see. Mm -hmm. And I, got, I try to figure that out so I can properly help them. Right. Because I'm, I might be over here, but they might be over there. So like, it's hard to me to give advice on here when they're over there, right? So I need to I need to transition to, okay, this is what you want to do because they're all three of them are three different kind of businesses. For sure. And so, like I said, it's not, it's probably every other business. A lot of businesses are like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I always ask them, like, what is your why? Like, why are you opening up? Or why do you want to open up your business? And once I figure that out, it really helps me to be able to help them. Mm -hmm. It gives you clarity. And we have in chiropractic, you can own your own everything. You can be a franchisee. Yeah. Or you can just be an independent contractor and you can kind of show up. And mm -hmm. it's interesting because with, with healthcare providers, cause I love to hear more of, like, I love uh, reels you made and it was a uh, service it was service based but yeah. it was like you know i'm appointment based versus um it was like we don't take walk-ins yeah two different mindsets but versus you know there's a lot of prof healthcare professionals that are just showing up and you know going to the hospital or going to whatever clinic whatever it may be and i think that when you're showing up into an entity in service to a hospital or something bigger it can be harder it creates a layer for you to have more buy-in or just be connected because then it's like you can be disposable mm -hmm. versus in, in the disposability of things. There's minimal safety. Mm -hmm. There's minimal trust. Like with the mm -hmm. CEOs, you don't really see the shirts and ties behind things. And I think that really leads to a unsustainable kind of expression in today's healthcare system because there's no safety for those that are even providing or working to provide for the whole literal health or symptom management for our, for our people in society. And that's me. It just, there needs to be more buy-in for humanity. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like, it, it just doesn't exist. So hearing you break down those three, I'm like, Oh, well that well duh. That makes sense. Cause it, like, I love that you all talk about, yo, you're building an empire. Mm -hmm. You're building up what you guys are doing here. You're building y'all legacy and it can provide safety because yo, you, you care and you give a shit. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's real good. Nice, bro. Yeah, that's that's because I, I I do say that when I when I when I meet with them and I'm like the difference between me and most is like I care like I genuinely care, and sometimes I get barbers that have never worked in another shop so they don't know like you know the grass is greener kind of thing they don't know what it's like to work in other businesses, mm -hmm. 
Then I get barbers that they worked in a shop where the owner or their boss, you know, didn't care. So working for the barber lounge, they're like, like, you know, like, I like this because they genuinely care. Like, the way I tell them is my growth is your growth. Whether they're on a commission scale, a booth rental scale, I treat them, I treat them the same way. Sometimes like, we do like a commission base, right? Sure. And so if they win, we win. But I told, like I told them was when I started my business, I didn't do that. I did a, a booth rental, so like a contractor, right? And I tell them, I was like, I've had the same energy that I had then than I do now. And I go, but just don't, so don't, you know, don't think that it's, it is a money thing. It's, it's we genuinely want to see you win. Like, I, I personally get, I get self-satisfaction out of seeing people win. Like, I like, I like helping people. It's just in my nature. Like, if, if you get to know me, which you have, like, it's just who I am. Like, I, sometimes I maybe say too much because I just genuinely want it. Like, I like to see people win. And so I think that's what's really helped the Barber Lounge is that culture that we built of growing. Like, we, we force you to grow. We don't, you know, nobody, nobody gets complacent. Nobody, if you, you charge, you know, the most in the shop, okay, well, what's next? You know, let's, try, let's raise your prices or let's make you a manager. Let's open up another shop together. You know, let's, let's do a, a third shop. And so I'm always pushing that, the envelope on growth. Mm. As a mentor, I think that's very important because you help pull people forward. Mm-hmm. Like, and you help create a space or an environment to keep growing into. And if there's a space where they get to keep growing into that allows and invites new expression that they get to figure it out, but because they're in a safe environment mm-hmm. versus you got to do this or you're you're dead or you're, you're out or whatever maybe that promotes a, a healthy invitation for people to step into things. And I think for any good mentor to be able to see into like the possibility of what someone might not be able to see for themselves, mm-hmm. that's super freaking important as all humans, I think, need a mentor because, and I think it was like a principle, ideally as a human, you're being menteed mm-hmm. and then you're a mentor to someone so you can be it i picture this like chain of like inspiration so i figure like as you go up the chain like you said your mentor you know essentially like challenged you and you know was able to educate you and how to help teach people and that was something you didn't even think about so he he or she he i imagine in connecting right. I, ha- I have i have a few mentors there we go yeah. of course he, i got he's and she's and she's you know <laughs> and every, every single one of them has helped me to do a different thing you know because, like, I've, I've heard people say, like, the whole, like, self-made type deal. And to me personally, like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. That shit's tiring. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, too, it's too much. When I, see, when I hear self-made, I just hear ego. And you got to throw that ego because that ego's really, it can hurt you. Like, it could, it could affect your whole life, like, your career. And when people tell me that it really, it doesn't sit well with me because I know no matter what I do, somebody's helped me to get there. So, like, I've had mentors. And I play back, like I said, every shop that I've worked at, I play back in my mind. And I could tell you, well, I took this from this shop. I took that. You know, that's, that's kind of what people are. Like, they're just little pieces of, of other things. And then just put it together as one. And so I might have made it my own, quote, unquote. But I got pieces of a, of a bunch of different people and a bunch of different mentors that helped me. And so I feel that that's major key when it comes to owning, like, any business. Mm-hmm. Even just, like, like, in, like, in general, like, in life. Like, how can you... How can you expect to grow without accountability? Mm. I like being accountable to people because it keeps me it keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. It keeps me from getting you know complacent. It keeps me from getting lazy, and that's where I like with the healthcare, like health, you know, and, and like the gym and fitness. You have to be very accountable, right? Like that's why, I like, it, you got to. When people would say, like, oh, like how do you like, how do you stay so fit? Like, you gotta have a coach. Like, you gotta have a mentor. Like, a coach, a personal trainer is your 
your coach, right? Your mentor. Because if you're not accountable to them, then you're just going to like, what's going to stop you from eating 10 Oreos <laughs> in the middle of the night, you know? Because they're going to they're gonna know when they do your numbers, they're going to find out. So you have smell to smell you. Yeah. Smell like sugar, boy. What you been eating? <laughs> right? You're up two pounds that week, you know? Like, they, it's, it's going to, the, the proof is in the pudding there. So I like being accountable to people. It keeps, mm. it keeps me growing. I love that as I think a lot of human beings are just scared to be held accountable <laughs> because if you got a mentor that sees you like, oh yeah, I've had, I got Brett as a mentor. I've mm -hmm. had so many chiropractic mentors. And one of my favorites was Ruby Freeman, who was my leadership mentor mm -hmm. essentially. And in coaching sessions with her, I had never felt this, but she holds like such like a tight container. Like there's no wiggle room. Like she asks you a question and you're like, <laughs> and that's the ability of a good mentor because they're giving you a space once more for you to discover your own expression in barbering and humaning and i think that i love the idea of you know shedding the ego as uh it's so important to be able to I, it's just efficient to me because people like can get crystallized i think as you know blacks and you know hispanics you know there's this need, I need to do this on my own, or, you know, going mm -hmm. through school, we sometimes lose, you know, some black students or black chiropractors, there's this, like, islanding phenomenon, mm -hmm. because they're just like, oh, I'll just do this all on our own, but it's like, my boy, you weren't supposed to, Yes, you weren't designed to, like, we're meant to be able to communicate and help each other, that's literally how we got this far, because homie over there was like, yo, there's a saber-toothed tiger, don't go over there, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, you want to, like, build a fire and shit together? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do that. <laughs> So it's just, I love the preservation of energy and efficiency in order to adapt and evolve as, I think there is a aspect of health that is your vocation or mm -hmm. that is your profession. And a lot of people right now just aren't comfortable or don't think that they can make the jump. Like there's a lot of healthcare professionals transitioning and getting the fuck out of the hospitals mm -hmm. and different things. Cause they're like, yo, you know, I, this just isn't for me. But then they're like, uh, well, I don't know any other parts to me or my identity besides my profession. So in transitioning into something new, I love bringing in the burn the boats mentality to mm -hmm. things. It's like, but you got to discover, you know, what sets your soul on fire and that's discover bigger beyond yourself. I feel that's what holds a lot of people back is the corporate America lifestyle of like, oh, I, I'm good. I don't want to lose. Our, I think the one that I've heard the most is I don't want to lose my benefits. Interesting. I've heard that one a lot. And to me, it's just like, well, you can pay for them. Like, <laughs> I know you don't want to pay for them. Either way, you're paying for them, though, right? Whether the company's providing it or not, they're still taking it out of your check. Or they're taking it out of your fucking soul. Yeah, like, you're still paying for it, right? Like, it doesn't come for, it's not for free. They're taking it out of your paycheck. So what's the difference between them taking it out of your paycheck and you just paying it up front, you know? And, like, out of your own money. But that's the thing is the fear or that the fear and the complacency people get real complacent where they don't want to make that leap and so that's where I, I i think about it to myself where like my kids now like how am i going to teach my kids to think like how i have i think now you know and i and it's i think it's hard because i there they didn't have to go through what i did you know mm -hmm. like i said like there was no option it was i've I've been I've been so poor, bro, where I've eaten like ramen noodles and hot pockets every day from Circle K, and I walked there, and I took the bus to to work and to school. Like I've been so low that I know they're gonna be like I know that it helped me to get there, because it was like I didn't want to live my life that way. Like I didn't. I told myself like I don't want to live this way, and I have kids, and I don't want them to have to live this way. So that's what along the way what really pushed me was like I can't, like I can't, I don't want that for them.
and they're speaking the words of my parents too because they always said that like yo you guys are here because we didn't want y'all to go through what we went through and i think as a i mean as like watching my parents doing whatever it takes i was able to adopt that mindset of like oh bet like putting like putting things together mm-hmm. like actually getting into high school and developing mm-hmm. that kind of awareness like being able to get dropped off by them if i didn't have to take the bus mm-hmm. or just having a lot of starting to i didn't know what gratitude was like mm-hmm. didn't really grasp that i think until maybe undergrad but definitely like not till i got to grad school mm-hmm. but being like wow like my parents actually were able to show up to majority of my games and races even mm-hmm. if it was fucking 47 seconds like they went for just that like fuck man like just really feeling like how blessed it is but mm-hmm. like I think I got a taste of, I don't want to say what poverty, because I, I, there's there's so many layers to that. And as long as I got a roof over my head, like I feel like I'm blessed. Clothes on my back, I feel like I'm blessed. And I could figure the rest out because transitioning here, yo, I was fasting because that was the only option. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like yeah, fasting because that was the only option. And, you know, still not reaching for that fucking Oreos or the Chips Ahoy, like mm-hmm. going into Walgreens when I, when I got you know, a little bit of money or whatever as we're getting the practice up and Lou being like, don't get that. Is that the, <laughs> is that the current Jamal or is that the past Jamal? I'd be like, fuck. Well, I got like $10. <laughs> it's still being so able to make the right choice. What made you come over here? Brett essentially summoned me and uh, I was going to work with Brett and the source out in the Bay or out in Oakland. Mm-hmm. But Brett and his family moved to Tucson. So he called me in November, 2019. He was like, yo bro, we're about to go to Tucson. You down? And I was like, Fuck yeah, what's there? <laughs> you, Down. You, you didn't flip it, right? You didn't say, what's there? Fuck yeah. You said, fuck yeah, what's there? <laughs> I was like, Arizona, that sounds dope. U of A, and, you know, that, but I needed a cut eventually. And yeah. I was like, fuck, I was like, cool. And I think I found Mario originally. Yeah. And I found the Barber's Lounge, or the Barber Lounge, too. So I was like, oh, this shit is fire. Yeah. I was like, so my fuzzy ass, like, finally got a cut. Because like, I finally just saved enough bread, you know, to get that. And mm-hmm. once I walked in, it was like, poof, I was like, these motherfuckers got influencer lights or like halo lights. <laughs> like, like, the they got like at least eight TVs in this. Oh, there's two sides. Oh, there's, I was, I was blown away. So it's funny. Like, cause a haircut, I think, you know, bringing full circle this conversation, a haircut felt like a luxury, like at that mm-hmm. point. Cause it was like, man, do I want to grab some water and some food or do I need to get a cut so I can, I don't look like a fucking bum mm-hmm. that already looks young because I don't got no hair on my face. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, let me at least look clean so that way I can go network, I can go connect, and it, it empowers me, which I think is a very important thing in what y'all do. Y'all empower people, and it's like, I get to help people with their health from a more profound level at the spine, and you help with their physical appearance, which... Mm-hmm. You know, look good, feel good, perform good, baby. It's like more, that's, it's that's physical the sauce. and psychological. Mm-hmm. That's, like you said, after any time you get a haircut, you you're feeling yourself that day. You're, you're you got to psychologically, you're a ten. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're there, you're ready. You know, and so it's it's both. You know, mm-hmm. as if you can help leverage, and this concept's been coming in more the the status or the perceived status someone has for mm-hmm. themselves for their family and different things like, yo, that's invaluable. If you can help upgrade someone's status. And I totally think that uh, a haircut experience is something that can empower people. Cause yo, there's dope barbers all in the barber's lounge. You get to have a good mm-hmm. conversation and you can feel the energy of y'all, the culture that y'all mm-hmm. cultivated. And I think if people see that they can honestly, there's so many estheticians out here. Mm-hmm. There's so many, there's so many fucking like professions that you can do. And I just really think it's cool to be able to appreciate how y'all 
as a you could say as a franchise, but when you know, it comes into a franchise, it's just a way of doing business and it's a way of doing life. I think if yeah. people don't have that image, team culture, why, then it doesn't aid them in adding more energy to their life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't connect them. Because mm-hmm. then you're just somebody that cuts their hair. Because that's how I really understood that was I just put myself in the consumer seat. And I asked them, and I, even when I get my haircut, I'm, I'm looking around, I'm mm-hmm. observing. I learned that from, from my business partner, like one of my mentors. And he's like, when I come in here, he's like, I'm not the boss. He's like, I come in as, as the consumer. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> looking at the dirt in the corner. You know, oh, he's, he's looking at Facts. the way so-and-so is talking to this Facts. person, and he's critiquing, you know, and he's finding ways that we can make the business better. And so the best way I did that was, like you said, just put put myself in the consumer seat and how do how do I want to feel when I get my haircut, you know? And that's what really helped us to provide a better experience was I didn't just want a haircut. Like, it was my, like, anybody would tell you, like, when I get my haircut, I fall asleep every time because I'm so relaxed. Like, I'm just Yo, so same. toned. When I'm getting I don't even like to look tone, at my like, phone. I'm like, like, yeah, like, I don't even like to look at my phone. I just, I sit there and I fall asleep every time, every time. And it's different because, like I said, like, I'm there to, to, relax and I'm there to get, get an experience and that's what I really loved about like the source and when I went over there was I've been probably been to like 10 different chiropractors mm. and most of them unfortunately was like a pop and go mm-hmm. like I walked in there and all right cool see you you know see you next week and when I walked into the source it was just different like the energy was different the experience was different you guys what I tell people all the time when I when I because I have referred a lot of people to you guys Sure. Like I said, I could, they didn't just worry about my my, phys, my my physical, like my joints and my back hurting. They worried about my mental. They're like, oh, how's your day going? Like, what's going on? You been stressing? I'm just like, he cares? Like, <laughs> he really cares about my day? Like, I was so set back. And it's the same concept, you know? Like, it's the same concept that we're talking about with, with the experience of the Barber Lounge is, like, the, that, the caring. And so if we can provide that, that's when I was comparing it to you guys was just, like, I was like they really cared about how I was doing. It wasn't just... Let's just give you a quick pop and, and go. And so I feel that's really going to help you guys to stand out and to be able to keep growing. And once people get a hold of that's what it is, rather than just, oh, that's just the other chiropractor down the street. Mm. Oh, I feel uh. that you guys are really going to set yourselves apart from everybody else, which you probably already have. But I'm saying as far as, you know, I'm pretty sure you want to do more locations and you want to keep the business growing. I think once people really get a grasp of that, everything's just going to fall in a line for you guys. Thank you. I received that blessing. Bro, for <laughs> real. That's, that's, that's fucking cool. And I think the sauce of that is, you know, it is the caring. Because it's funny you said that because, yo, I'd be falling asleep when Rato is yeah. chopping you up too because it's like in, it's like on my lunch. So it's like, it's an opportunity for me to just, yep. to receive, mm-hmm. like getting a, getting, going through an experience, you're receiving, like you pay mm-hmm. and then you're able to just autopilot and you're going to be taken care of. Yes. What does that mean to you? Like to be taken care of. To be taken care of. Hmm. It's well, I know it's beyond just the haircut. It's it's well, just beyond the cut. It's also a trusting as well. Like you trust, trust. you trust Raton enough that you don't you don't feel that tension. Because if you ever gotten a haircut somewhere for the first time and you're just like you're super nervous, uh, like how are you supposed to nap? Worst. How are you supposed to nap <laughs> if you're nervous? You know. <laughs> So knowing, you know, like you kind of had with the whole social media thing, whatever, you kind of had an idea like I'm going to get like I'm going to get taken care of. Yes. Because you've been you've probably been to like what four or five of the barbers in the shop. And every time you have the same energy where you're just like, I'm here. Like, I know I'm going to be taken I'm good. care of. Yeah. 
So to being able to provide that of this, the safety of I'm in good hands and the experience of I know they're not just going to rush through my haircut. You know, that's that's where I feel like the industry really slacked for a while. And even compared, like it compares to your industry, Facts. where I told you I would go and get popped and the guy, pop, 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 right next one. And he was walking down an assembly line of people just popping people left and right. I'm just like, yeah, there's no connection here. Like, I'm just Ugh. just giving them his 35 bucks and I'm going on my way. It's the same concept. Where, like I said, it's like, how do we stand out? Because there's, there's same thing with you guys. Is there's barbershops on every corner. Yeah, so many. Every, so many here in Tucson. Yeah, and that's that's when I, when I sit down with my guys, because we do classes and stuff, I tell them, I'm like, well, well, how are we standing out? Like, what are we doing? Every month we have a, an accountability day, you know, where this is what we did last month numbers-wise. This is how we did reviews wise and like, how can we be better? Or what are we doing? Or the guys would be like, Oh, th- this shop's doing this. I'm like, okay, cool. Like how, how can we either adapt to that or how could we do it better? And that's what I tell them is like, how are we, how are we going to provide a better experience for, for the consumer? And that's where we, we really have, you know, open discussions with, with the team and even with the clients. Like I'll, I'll sit there and I'll start asking my clients, you know, like, well, what do you like about this place? Or, well, you know, why do you come here? I'll start asking their why to help us have our why to, to better our why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reflection is so important as we like to do the same thing and ask our people, you know, what keeps you coming here? Yeah. So some people, it could be like, man, I just love the energy or I love your positivity or y'all see me or I trust y'all or, you know, I really feel like you guys are giving me a tailored experience. Mm-hmm. And getting them to affirm that is so, so freaking big because they're, they're claiming it. Mm-hmm. When you're able to claim something, you're able to be able to take that into you. And there's like an embodiment. It's like, fuck yeah, I go to the barber's lounge. Y'all got to go see him. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you? Or it's like, yeah, I go to the source. Like, I love, like, it's different. Mm-hmm. That's something I get a lot. It's like, it's different. That's, that's the, the, Q, the Q quote. I love that one. It's, it's different here. <laughs> yeah, I feel it's like. the he, same concept. I feel like he's a walking signboard. That's, he's he's going to be on, he's gonna have to be on here next. Cause <laughs> it's, it is. It's a, just a different environment there. And I think that's where we all connected. Mm-hmm. To me, you, him, Brett, you know, it's just that same mindset of different. And I think that goes into, you know, the underdog mentality because when you were getting fucking mushed by life, mm-hmm. very, you had to discover what made you different. Mm-hmm. Like being mushed by life allowed you the space to be like, yo, I'm going to burn these boats. Mm-hmm. I ain't got no other option. I got to figure this shit out. And it takes an ownership of yourself that... I don't think anyone can like grab, like take yeah. away from you. I feel like it's somewhat of like a complex of like a little bit of an ego, but a little bit of like I said, like I just I don't like to lose. Like I'm very, very, very competitive, and I feel like that's when I watch. Like I, I watched, started watching like a lot of like documentaries on some of like the most, you know, the best athletes that ever sure. were out there, like the Bradys and the you know the, the Gretzkys, the Jordans. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like I'm relating to them. Like, dang, like that's me. Like these dudes, like. That's the way they think. They think, like, everybody's out to get them, you know? Like, everybody wants to see me fail. Like, I had that complex for a long time where I feel like people wanted to see me fail. And so I was just like, nah, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. And I don't know if, they, you know, whoever's listening, if that relates to them, is, like, that, that, that mindset of, you know, you can't fail because people want to see you fail. Mm, I, I, I fucking feel you. Because in high school, there was this one fucker that was like... <laughs> Bro, you never made it to the Olympics, or it's like, bro, why are you, why are you working so hard, or yeah, why yeah. are you doing that? And in my undergrad, in my earlier years, um, you know, I, I think I like fucking grabbed one of my teammates' plates. He was a freshman. He had a plate of fries. I was like, bro, the fuck you eating that for? Like, I literally fucking threw it out for him. I was like, yo, bro, go get some fucking salad, type shit. And I say that to say it's like, 
when people want to see you fail, you come from once more that like survival was once more. You got to figure that shit out. It's like, oh, you were the bitch that told me that I couldn't fucking make it. Bet. That was like uh, Jordan when he made his uh, Hall of Fame speech. He's like, shout out to my high school coach that didn't start me my freshman year. I was like, bro, that was like 20 years ago. Like, you're still holding on to that? And I, I related to it because it's the same thing. Like, a lot of the things that I've done in business for the Barber Lounge are things that, that businesses aren't doing. Not just on the experience aspect as far as pricing, as far as a lot of different things and going the hot towels, you know, and things like oh, that. Oh, the hot towels. Yeah, like, I, so I, I remember when we, we would do things like that, like, we would get a lot of hate and a lot of people that would, Say like, what are they? What, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, that's stupid, and that's not barbering or whatever. You know, whatever they wanted to say, man. And that's where, I, like, at first it it it, hit, it bothered me, and then and then it fueled me. Mm-hmm. It fueled me because I was like, I'm gonna purposely do things. Just even like if you look at my social media, like I say things that are somewhat cringy. Like people, they they don't want to really hear, it and they're just like, yeah, he's right, but that's I don't want to hear that, or or knowing that it's gonna catch your attention. I've done that in business where it's like I've done things that people say aren't aren't possible you know mm-hmm. for a barbershop because mm-hmm. i don't we don't treat it like a barbershop we treat it like a business and then like you said like a, like a culture the, the business has culture it's not just uh you know s- uh, corporate style business like we talked about mm-hmm. i think that's big as I, the parallels i would have never thought that the parallels in bar like in what y'all are doing what we're doing because people have seen more so brett he caught so much fucking shit yeah. the last like Eight years, he's people have chilled out because I think they got off Facebook and they're just floundering with COVID yeah. and shit, and they finally got to focus on themselves. That's but the perfect example. They'd be like, "That's not chiropractic." Yeah. And the thing is with it, with his his expression, where ours resonate, it's like, "Yo, there's not a lot of black people in chiropractic." Mm-hmm. And one thing is like, "Yo, I'm not supposed to look like you. Like, I got yeah. tattoos. Freaking, like, I'm different, dog. Like, I got dreadlocks, but I have like like I got ears. It's like I'm not the typical chiropractor, and that's a superpower. Yeah. You're not the typical barber, and that's a superpower. Anyone that's still listening, it's like, "Yo, you are different." And when you're able to own your difference, it's gonna empower you to show up authentically and powerfully which is what re- people really need because i think the safety and the trust that you provide is like damn like phil really owns himself mm-hmm. like yeah i want to get a cut by him mm-hmm. or it makes me different like some of my homies when uh, i took care of them back home they're like man you know, i wasn't sure about chiropractic but i trusted you mm-hmm. as a person exactly and it's like Mm, and then it just so happens an extension of what i do is chiropractic it just so happens an extension mm-hmm. of you is barbering and that just happened to be the the perfect expression for you in this moment. Yep, that's that's with anything though. It's not barbering. It's not chiropractic. Right. I would say it's so much related. Like you said, talking about fitness, like all these things are so they're so relatable. Because so anybody like people that are listening and they not and I might not be a barber, it's so relatable because it, all the principles still apply. And that's exactly why we're talking about this shit. It's the principles. <laughs> like how you dish out those meds to your to your patients is going to be different from how someone else expresses it. But once more, they can feel like humans can't deny it. Like when someone walks in a room, you can feel them because they're either going to make you go or huh. Mm-hmm. Like there's a spectrum of emotion that you can experience. And that's because we can perceive each other. And something that was important that I wanted to touch on, you know, going from tran- like a transitioning from the I'm going to prove X and X and Y wrong versus mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just going to prove myself right and that mm-hmm. I can do this. That's an important transition because that's more sustainable because if you're just, because then you're always outside, look, you're outside looking in and you're like, all right, well, who's going to talk some shit next or who do I got to, yeah. you know, disprove next versus like oh, the, the rebel, like the rebel aspect of mm-hmm. everybody's out to get me. Mm-hmm. It's just not sustainable it's because not. that's, that's a, that's a flight 
flight, flight, fright, or freeze mentality. Like that's your nervous system literally being in a stressed state. And that saber tooth tiger is now someone else. And you're like, instead of trying to like kill them or like outrun them, it's now like, oh, I got to outprove you or I got to, mm-hmm. I got to show you when it says, so it's like, baby, just watch this son. Mm-hmm. Come get, come get around this warmth. You're going, it's going to be undeniable, like an undeniable amount of warmth and amount of care because we just, um, for me, I just, I just care a lot and something in school like people would shit on ktc or kairos training cultures the application in the community the club that we've created and it's like bro you just don't know who you are mm-hmm. you just haven't gone to war with yourself you don't even know what someone has been through and yet you're judging them because it looks different from you mm-hmm. man that must be a tough reality where you don't even know who you are and you're scared of chiropractic being tainted because of what I do for real. That sells fear though. It's, it's straight like fear. It it's, fear. Stri- it's straight fear and it's straight lack. It's, and it's probably unresolved shit coming from their past that they're projecting upon to you. It's just like, yo, do your fucking work. Mm-hmm. That's touching back to what we were saying as far as like when we rebranded the company, it was that. Like he said, it was only about skill and it was about being the best, right? It was more competition, mm-hmm. right? And so one thing that when I changed that mindset was when I really saw that people were jumping at, like mm. latching on. That's big. Because like I, I told one of my barbers the other day, I was like, the difference is I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to elevate you. Right. And you're trying to compete with people. I, I wrote that the other day and it's a really, I read about it and I really, it really hit me because it's like being able to impa- impact people's lives rather than beat them. Right, you know, it's 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 those are two different two, two different, different things, games. two different energies, two different layers of attraction. Yeah, and so playing the competition game, to me, it's like it just wasn't, it wasn't doing it for me, man. Like it was too much energy. Like you said, it was too much yeah. of being the victim or being, you know, that that guy that was trying to b- be better than everybody else. Yeah, like I want to be the best, but at the same time, I want to show how how to do that. That's you know that's that's elevating people, right? Mm, and I think that, again, this is, this is good, man. Like, I think that's because people can't compete in hospitals mm-hmm. because every fucking hospital is understaffed mm-hmm. to begin with. So the resources or the availability for things are short and they might get cut and they need to then compete literally for survival. But when you're able to transition of like thrive ability and it's like, nah, I'm here to help work with each other. Like, mm-hmm. same with Dr. Ev, Dr. Noah, Brett. Hey, it was like, it was never a competition. It's like, oh, I got to beat you. Mm-mm. It was like, you know, how can we elevate each other? How can mm-hmm. we plus each other? And that comes with, once more, a team environment versus I just show up to work here. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, too, because, like, think about the Olympics. Like, I was just watching. I get, I, I love track, bro. Like, so it's going to be in me forever. Mm-hmm. So I still get, like, Team USA, like, wins world championships or whatever. And I was just watching and, and appreciating because the Olympics even, they were created to to push each other, like, at an international level. So, like, the countries were bringing their best to go up against one another. But if you go to, like, the higher levels, like, athletes or athletics, it's like, they all having fun. Mm-hmm. They pushing each other and they want each other to get better, but they celebrate each other. That's why you have the all star game where everyone's yeah. dapping each other up. Where you know you got people mic'd up playing team, football. Like Team USA, like with track, that's a single sport, but at the same time, it's still a team. Right? Yeah. It's like ain't nobody can help you when you run in a four hundred meter. They can cheer you on. Yeah. They can train with you in practice. Same thing. Like they can, we can train with each other, but you know it's up to you to help ultimately shift your life and get the gold medal for your life. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody gonna do that for you. And the gold medal. What is the gold medal? Is it? 
seeing the most amount of people? Is it your happiness? Is it having an impact on people's personality, their psychology, their health? Is it you got to define your gold medal? And a lot of people, I think, are chasing life going for the gold medal that's created by someone else versus themselves. They're trying to get on someone else's podium versus putting themselves on their podium. Mm -hmm. Because I tell all my people in my in life coaching and mentoring, it's like you are an athlete one, but it's like you got to be able to stand upon your own podium and create that shit for yourself. Because if you're not creating what you want to see in success and define that shit for you, that to me is unsustainable because you're not filling your soul up. You're just once more, you're putting energy into someone else's construct that they made for themselves or for, I'll just say, an alternative intention. Mm -hmm. Alternative, I like that. It's good shit. <laughs> I think one thing or one, one final thought or that's just coming up is I see like a, fuck it, I'll just say the idea because I hope that it happens. Yeah. I see a, chiropractic draft day because mm -hmm. last year like i was going for rookie of the year mm -hmm. and in my mentality like i made it a game yeah like how can i serve just hard as fuck like how can i serve the fuck out of tucson how can i connect mm -hmm. how can i add value off the table and on the table for people so when it comes to chiropractic draft day i think it'd be dope for all chiropractic all chiropractic offices franchises in the world to be able to create more space or just a space where we're able to celebrate like the graduates from chiropractic mm -hmm. school all throughout the year. It's like the source chiropractic chooses. Yeah. It's like a drum roll, <laughs> and, and then we got a jersey, yeah. we got a hat, and you know, people coming in suited and booted. Because I think it would unite my profession. Mm -hmm. We all want to help people. Majority of us want to yeah. help people. And I think we can all do that better together and a uh, traumatized profession like has led to scarcity and like, oh no, there's that other car. Like some people literally don't open because, oh, there's another chiropractor down the road. But it's like, I'm not supposed to see everybody. I don't want to see everybody. Nah. I'm, like I'm not supposed to, you're not supposed to cut everybody's hair. I'm sure there's yeah. a certain kind of client for things. And I'm saying this to say, I think if there's a chiropractic draft day, it can be an invitation for more of my profession to be able to come together and help more people, even though our expressions are different. And I think with barbering, I mean, same thing. Y'all can compete to help each other get better, but it's cooperation. Mm -hmm. Like, what are your techniques or what are your styles? What are your approaches mm -hmm. to business? What are your approaches to marketing? Like, there's so many aspects to how we can reach more people together. And I think that when there's trauma, when there's scarcity, when there's a lack of an ability to see a bigger idea or a bigger why, yeah. full thing. And the power of the underdog is being able to fucking punch that shit through because we've cultivated so much grit. We've cultivated so much stick to itness. We cultivated so much fortitude and a, a mindset that's unbreakable where we can help shift our lives. And then you put it into a service profession. That shit is fire, bro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm, because there's people in a service profession when they're going through the process, they're trying to get a barber's, mm -hmm shop open or they're going through grad school getting shit stomped because it's just rough in medical school nursing school pick your fucking school yeah. there is rough and if you don't cultivate or tap into that's why i think i had an advantage when i was an athlete too i'm black and peruvian mm -hmm. like i'm mixed i had to try and figure out two fucking identities <laughs> there ain't shit you can fucking tell me yeah straight up and especially after this first year of practice ain't nobody can tell me shit when it comes to trying to get through something 
and what I want to impart to our listeners is that when you can able to co- to cultivate once more that mentality, it doesn't matter what life presents you. You can still make it through. Mm-hmm. Well, baby, just just enjoy, like enjoy, and I think that's where it becomes more of a game. Would you say you're having fun in this party? Yeah, like? It is a game. I love the game. I love playing the game. That's where the competitiveness comes in. It's like it's a game. And it's um the way the best way to explain it is I, I compare it to like chess. Ooh. Like life is chess. Like it's just how do I move these pieces the right way? How do I strategize better? And you know, you lose one game doesn't mean you really lost. It's when I st- when I quit, when I stopped playing is when I really when I really lost, right? But if we could play, like I said, me and you played, and I said, running back, you know, you beat me, <laughs> running back. I'm going to keep, I pr- anybody that knows me, like yeah, when it comes to anything, you. I'm going to keep playing you until I get you. Like, I'm like I'm going to get, yeah. I'm going to keep adjusting, keep, you know, getting reevaluating, better. yeah, and keep getting better. Yeah. And that's the same thing, like, I think, like, chess is life. Like, uh, it really is, and it's one of my favorite games to play. Yeah. And I think that people need to think of it that way, that it's just constantly adjusting, constantly strategizing, rather than I'm going to use this strategy one time. Didn't work, failed. Oh, like, oh no! Oh no! Nah, you could try it again. Change yeah. that shit up. Like, do something different. Uh, man, I think Les Brown's kid. He's telling a story, and I think they're playing like Connect Four or something. He's yeah. like, "It's not over until I win." <laughs> Type deal. It's like, yeah, exactly. run that shit back. <laughs> yep, run that shit back, bro. Let's go again, and I'm gonna get you. Yeah, because it, it comes with the mind mentality. One is a game, but yo, you keep just get up, mm-hmm. dust yourself off, and like, yo, okay, I didn't try again. Oh, you didn't find the golden coin. Ba-ding. Okay, well, it's somewhere. You just gotta find yeah. the motherfucker. Even, even the word trying, like when people tell me that, I'm like, like get that, get that shit out of there. Bro. Like, don't, don't try. Right. Like, trying is accepting failure, right? And so I tell them, like, no, you're just adjusting. You're still learning. Like, you're, you just keep, you keep going. Mm-hmm. So when people tell me, that, I was like, stop saying that shit. Like, don't, don't, don't say try. You're not trying. Like, you, you're, you're, you're learning. Yeah. Right. Because when you, if it didn't work, you just gotta learn. You gotta get better from it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when it comes to trying, I don't. I don't believe in trying. We don't. We don't try. Shit. Neither does Yoda. I like think <laughs> that man was wise. <laughs> Yoda, classic man. Oh, bro, as I feel like this conversation is coming to an end, you know, I'd love to just ask, you know, is there anything else that you'd really like to impart to our listeners? I think we covered a lot. Just like we said, I think that too many times people are in in their own head and their own thoughts of not being able to do something and. I think if anything, I'm living proof of that if anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Like I said I've been I've been through it all. I've been through it all in my own life. I've been through it all in business, and I'm still like I'm still learning, and I'm constantly learning. Still here too. We're still here. Still here. Yeah. Thriving. That's good. Okay. How can our people reach out to you or discover more about you and your business? Yeah, if you want to follow me, I'm on uh, Barberfield15 on Instagram. I have uh, my Silverbell locations on Speedway and Silverbell. My Campbell location is on Campbell and Fort Lowell. <laughs> Last question for you, bro. Yes, sir. As a, I love to hear, how would you describe your brand or your flavor of soul coffee to the world? Let me ask me again. How would you describe your brand or your flavor of soul coffee? How would to I the describe world? my if, flavor? Yeah, if someone's gonna order, oh, I'll take the Barberfield 15 off that menu. What are the components to it? Drive, ooh, resiliency, and just always being like I don't know, just always being humble enough to to, to keep learning, like always being a student. Mm. So if you put those two together, that describes mm. the Barberfield Fifteen. I'll take the Barber's Fire to go. <laughs> and get a the large. Barber's fire. 
iced, please. It's hot out here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, anybody else? I need uh, having this this podcast in Tucson. What's that? Anybody or who else do I need to have on this podcast from Tucson? I need to call on Mr. Jefferson, man. Mr. Jefferson. Mr. Jefferson. King Jefferson. Heard. He's going to listen to this, so he's going to hear this. <laughs> he'll be on here. He'll hear, he'll hear the call. Yeah. He'll hear the back. He's got a story that Soul needs to hear. Mm, heard that. Well, y'all, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Soul Coffee. As always, share this with your people. I'm really excited to be in the new evolution and really plant my fucking standard and take the real estate of being able to cater to and cultivate the mental health of the black and Hispanic healthcare professional as I love that because that's where I come from. I was going to make it the Afro-Latino Afro mental health. I was like, oh, not everybody's mixed, so I can't really fully relate. But mental health is something that's important and that's something that's sacrificed as the physicality just goes through things as when you're going through school and the amount of competition in that shit, like it literally starts weighing on people from before they even get into high school because mommy and daddy were a doctor or a nurse. And, you know, I think there's this inertia we got to overcome as blacks, as Latinos or Hispanics. And it's very important to be able to help give the tools to overcome this inertia because mm -hmm. there's a perception in the United States that we're the minority where if you look all over the world, baby, we're the vast majority. And I want to be able to instill that into the hearts, into the minds and into the souls of our listeners. So share this with a friend that might resonate with it. Leave a five star review and always send your boy a DM. Feel free to at myself or Barbara Phil. Uh, if you found any resonance in things, hashtag soul coffee. And until next time, y'all. Peace.